you can't avoid taxes forever. You avoided when you put your money in the IRA or the 401k. So you didn't avoid it. You just got the deduction for the year knowing the government's going to get their taxes due later. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Welcome in to Perfect Game Retirement. I'm Ben George. He's Ryan Ledden, president and financial coach over at Black Oak Asset Management. Today, Ryan, we're talking about unreasonable requests. I, you know, I know you, you work with some great clients, so maybe you don't ever get any unreasonable requests. Is that fair? Or do you still still hear from time to time some things that you're like, hey, I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> from from clients, no, I don't get unreasonable requests. <laughs> it's the people who don't become clients who have unreasonable requests. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to run through some that uh, that you might hear from people that are, are uh, maybe meeting with you for the first time and, and some things that aren't very reasonable to have uh, expectations for in the financial world. So we want to kind of under explain why that's the case in, in a lot of these situations and, and maybe set your expectations for what you can uh, plan for in a lot of these different areas. So we got that today. We also have um, some other things to get to as well. But I got to ask you, Ryan, about the Braves. We, uh, <laughs> we haven't talked yeah. talk since, <laughs> since the Braves won the World Series, but man, I can't imagine how you're feeling right now. Man, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, it's been been a long time. Obviously, ninety five. I was a junior in high school, uh, so it's it's been a long time coming. Obviously, there were some there were some years preceding that and after that where the Braves had uh, really good shots at, at at doing some more damage from a from a World Championship standpoint. But obviously, fell fell a little bit short. Uh, but yeah, doing it this year with so many different uh, caveats throughout the whole year, whether it was, you know, their record at, at the All-Star break or injuries that they've had. And, I mean, you know, Charlie Morton breaking his ankle in the World mm-hmm. Series was like a microcosm of their entire year, and they still found a way to pull it out. And I know Brian Snicker very well. I uh, coached his son, and, I mean, oh, cool. that could not have happened to a nicer family. I mean – that guy is so humble. You, you see it bleed through when he does interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a team guy and always wants to be in the backdrop. But, uh, but yeah, his son um, played for me when I coached in high school. He's now the hitting coach for the Astros. So they had a lot of stories about, you know, father versus son during the series. Uh, so that was really cool for both of them. It was kind of a a dream come true and and yeah i got a chance to uh go out to houston it was kind of a once in a lifetime chance so i said you know what i'm gonna That's go awesome. out there and did it was awesome games went to games one and two and and saw a split out there but didn't get to go to any here it was astronomical the prices <laughs> that they were going for in atlanta but obviously was glued to to the tv and watched uh watched every inning of every game and i'm think I'm still trying to catch up on sleep from all those late nights. Yeah, I think the coolest part about probably being at those those first two games, especially the first game, I mean, could you imagine a better start? Oh my gosh. Serious man. And where we were sitting too, it was kind of, it was um not right behind the dugout and not right behind home plate, but kind of in between on the first base side. So when the when those guys Solaire and Duval hit those balls, I mean, we had a perfect vantage point of the ball just flying off the bat and and going over 
the left field um, wall, which looks like it's about 200 feet. Like when you yeah. get in that stadium, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, like every fly ball should fly out of this ballpark. And, and it kind of looks like it does. But so I, I can see why right-handers in that stadium just try to jerk the ball down the line because you got a pretty dang good shot of, of hitting it over the fence. Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome, man. I'm sure you and a lot of your clients are really ecstatic about what's happening. So great for Atlanta. There's no question. All right. uh, The other big news since we last talked was Social Security announced their cost of living adjustment, the COLA, 5.9% for people that that are getting their benefit. That that begins in in January, which we Mm -hmm. know that's a lot more than what we're uh, accustomed to seeing from the COLA. What's going on with that? Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, it's like a big big pay raise uh, for retirees, uh, and and they haven't had that. I think. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's been since the early '80s that they had one that jumped that that large. And and even just several few years ago, it was zero. Uh, they weren't given any uh, cost of living increase. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how much Medicare eats into that? I mean, Medicare's you know obviously a, a, a an impact as well. But yeah, getting a five point nine percent cost of living adjustment now and that's that's for people who are retired who are receiving checks. I saw the the Social Security website. I think it's about seventy million people that it affects uh, who are receiving uh, checks right now. So yeah, five point nine. It's it's pretty obvious why uh, you you hmm. see. I mean, you look at any news story now and. You know, they're looking at different uh, sectors of the economy or different just individual products, like whether it's gasoline or I saw one ads talking about how much more expensive bacon and chicken. And I mean, you, right. you can kind of cherry pick which items are have increased the most. But yeah, it, it's it, inflation is uh, we've mentioned that on this show before. Uh, inflation is a silent killer to people's retirement. And it, it, it's finally reared its ugly head, if you will. Now, how long it stays or how high it goes, that's just like the stock market. Nobody knows. So I think the Fed eventually is probably going to have to react to that. And maybe interest rates are going to have to start creeping up uh, to, to slow things down. That's why those policies are in place. But getting a 5.9% increase, that's, I mean, that's substantial uh, mm-hmm. to, to retirees. So We'll see where that goes. Uh, so yeah, the re- re- people collecting Social Security in January should uh, should see a, a, a pretty good bump uh, in their checks. Yeah, pretty remarkable. And we 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 heard the inflation number around the time we recorded this at six point two percent. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of in line with that when you look at it. So some That's interesting right. news, um, some planning opportunities there as well for you. So if you if you need to to reach out with Ryan and, and talk more about Social Security and what it means for your retirement income, you can do so. Black Oak AM. Com. All right, time to jump into our main topic on today's podcast, and it's about handling unreasonable requests. Uh, of course, you know, none of our listeners, Ryan, would be <laughs> guilty of this, but there are some people that come in from time to time that might make some unreasonable requests uh, from you and from other advisors. So let's explore some of those and, and really set some expectations. And let's begin with, the I think, the most the most common, I would I would guess, I don't know, I'm not in your office every day, but I would guess the most common unreasonable request is, hey, man, I want to get the most for my runny. I want to get the biggest returns, but I want to take on no risk. Absolutely. It is the number one. So that's good that you lead with it. Um, <laughs> it is. It's people want, you know, stock market returns and, and you know, treasury bond risk. <laughs> that's, uh, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't, happen it doesn't coincide so most people i mean they that's what they want and they know it's not a reasonable expectation anymore uh bonds don't 
produce the yield that they used to when inflation was going through the roof in the late 70s and early 80s. And bonds have been on a good run for a long time. Um, and, and those are the quote unquote safer investments, depending on what type of bonds that you get. But it just doesn't have the, the return. So some people are chasing returns now by taking on more risk, and that may not be suitable for where they're at in their stage of life and their comfortability. So that's where our job as advisors has to come in. That's where the education component comes in. And, and I tell people I'm more of a behavior coach than advisor or, or stock picker, if you will. It's to set the expectation of, okay, if we, if we have your money here, Here's the range. Here's your, and again, in our industry, well, here's your standard deviation. Here's, if you go back to stat class that you took in college, there's a mathematical component to the stock market. Even though there's emotion and fear and greed that's kind of baked into these prices, so there's still always that layer of, of slight uncertainty, but there is some math component to the stock market. And so you can peg someone's portfolio or investments and say, okay, here's your range. You're going to be down this or up this. Is that comfortable for you? So as long as you provide that education and, and tell people, here is your range that you're most likely mm -hmm. to be in um, based off of their answers to a risk assessment, let's, let's pinpoint that exact number. So most people have reasonable expectations once you go through the education process. But that's on us. That's on any advisor out there that you, if you sell yourself to returns, you're never going to have a long, long relationship with that client because as soon as there's a negative year or a down year and you're promising these rates returns that you can beat the market, this it's a zero sum game. You're going to lose out. And so if you're selling yourself on returns, then um, they might as well just do it on their do it on their own because you're selling yourself short because you can't control it uh, as much as people say they can they can't. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's definitely the case. So be be aware of that when you go in and, and, and want those big returns with without risk. It's, it's just not possible. You got to give and take a little bit there. All right, what about somebody comes in and you know you're talking about you know the the relationship and what it's going to cost to work with you. I'm sure you hear from time to time, hey. Can you bring those fees down a little bit for me? What can you do in that aspect? What, what do you what do you say to someone that that wants you to, to reduce fees? Yeah, for for reduction of fees. Luckily, once somebody has become a client, I actually have not had this um, asked of me before, but I put it in the in the situation of before their clients. So. We, some people may ask, well, this firm is charging this or, you know, they try to do that fee game, if you will, and I'm not going to do it. We don't do it. Uh, I've actually had a couple, a few clients ask if they can pay me more. I'm like, oh my gosh, huh. that is awesome. But no, but thank you. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the ideal client right there. Am I paying you enough? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. But fees just, they, they need to be reasonable. I mean, we're in a fee compression world. Uh, there's do-it-yourselfers, there's all these online, robo this, robo that. So we're in a fee compression world. So as, as a business owner, you need to know your numbers and know, okay, we at least need, I don't want to price gouge our clients, but at the same time, we got to stay in business and help people out. So we need to be profitable at the same time. And I think ideal clients understand that and they realize that they don't look at me as a cost if they look at me as a cost then that's not a good fit and it's not a good relationship so if they see me adding value again you can't peg it to oh well if you beat the market by your fee then you're right. worth it nope that's not how <laughs> that's not how it works and 
again, if that's your mindset, that's okay. Do it on your own. You don't need to justify an advisor. So by, by just the returns that they get, if they beat the market. So we, we, we're in a different world now. It's, it's not where you had to use an advisor before to buy products, uh, investments. That's not the case anymore. So you really need to look for an advisor if you just absolutely need help with this stuff, but it's more than just the selecting of the investments. Uh, so your advisor needs to be profitable to stay in business. If they are not profitable, they will not be in business and then you don't have someone to work with. So again, luckily never had knock on wood, uh, someone asked to reduce my fees, but I've had people on the front end say, well, this, this firm is cheaper and I don't budge on it. I say, well, then if that's the sole decision, that's a red flag for me. If I see people that are in a fee war, that's a red flag and we just, we don't work with people. So the, the first two questions you've asked are our two kind of red flags if we work with people or not, is if they're chasing returns and if they're, um, you know, really worried about our, our fee and if we're worth it. All right. I like this next one. I know you do some tax planning with people uh, quite a bit, but you know, when it comes time in retirement to start pulling money out of your IRAs and your 401ks, that, that money that you've been waiting to, uh, you've deferred the taxes until you, you started pulling it out. All of a sudden, you kind of hit with these big tax bills that can be eye-opening. We talk about that on the show. But do you ever get the unreasonable request of somebody just asking, hey, how can I get out of paying my taxes altogether on these this IRA money and the 401k money? Yeah, it's been asked before. That, that, that one's fairly common. And sometimes I think it's people asking the question, wrong but I, I just tell people look we're we can't we can't evade taxes uh, avoiding taxes is not going to ever happen on IRAs and 401ks any pre-tax dollars uh, yes we've talked about Roth conversions on here but we still we are paying the tax uh, somewhere uh, Roth conversions obviously put it in a Roth IRA where you don't pay tax again once you pay the tax on the conversion but you can't avoid taxes forever. You avoided when you put your money in the IRA or the 401k. So you didn't avoid it. You just got the deduction for the year, knowing the government's going to get their taxes due later. So there's no way to avoid it. Now, again, there's tax planning um, that you can do along the way. There is one, you can do a charitable giving of your required minimum distribution. Uh, that is one way. Now you never take the money home so you're not getting the money, but you can send it to a uh, nonprofit, uh, a church, or a charity, any kind of organization that's a 501c3. You can send that money to them. Uh, again, you never see the money, but the federal government doesn't get their tax money. The, the charity gets it, and, you, and it checks the box of a required minimum distribution after uh, 72 or older. So you can do that, but... Again, you never take the money home. You never put it in your checking account. If it hits your checking account sometime in your life, then it's got to be, uh, taxes have to be paid on it. Yeah, there are some things you can do from a tax planning perspective, but you're not going to get out of that altogether. The, the government's no. not going to let you not pay taxes on that money. So that is absolutely unreasonable to think about. All right, yep. here's, here's our last one I want to finish off with is, uh, the, the request that, that somebody just might come in and say, hey, can you just do this for me, right? They, they, can, they think, hey, maybe I can just bring in my statements, drop it all off, and hey, you can just spit out one of those customized retirement plans that you talk about all the time. Uh, but I would assume you need somebody to be a part of that process in order for it to be successful. 
Yes, 100%. And now I do get people asking, like, I don't know this stuff. I don't understand it. It's a foreign language to me. I need your help. Yes, that's that's the ideal client. But yeah, just kind of emailing us statements and hey, yeah, do this. Here's what I need, and and that's that's not a that's not an ideal client because as easy as they came on board, they can easily leave at the same time. And that's happened that's happened to me before. I think any advisor who's been in the business for a long period of time, just as easily as you get them, is you blog in and all of a sudden their accounts are gone. Like what in the world just happened? So easy come, easy go, if you will. But no, we want them a part of that planning process. And and that's usually our uh, second meeting that we have with people. It's a co-design plan. Now we enter a lot of the data on the front end and I get it. We're the experts and that's that's how we get paid and earn our money. But it, it's we want it co-designed because every strategy, plan, investment, you name it, has a pro and a con or pros and cons, I should say plural, but we want their input because there may be a product or strategy that they, you know, may have got burned in the past or heard bad things about this. So we want to talk through those things, but just, just getting us to do everything for them. No, there's, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be co-designed and, and they sometimes have to do a little bit of their own work as far as, you know, if it's in an old 401k, we can't, we can't help with that as far as reaching out to that entity the client has to because we could call on their behalf and they're going to be like who are you like you're not this person this is not your money but a 401k you either have to call the old custodian or log in and request that rollover or that distribution request Uh, so there's going to be a little bit of legwork they have to do so that's that's how a lot of times we see if we have buy-in or ownership uh, of a good client is they're willing to do some of the work that they have to do and not drag their feet and not hear from them for six months. And then all of a sudden they kind of pop up on our radar again. So a lot, some of this stuff does fall on them. Like, you know, logging into SSA.gov and pulling your social security statements. Like they need to do that. We can't do that for them, uh, nor should we, because they need to have buy-in as well. But definitely designing the plan has got to be kind of hand in hand, if you will. And, and it's, it's, it's co-designed after we coach them through what's, what's the good points and bad points of, uh, of their plan. Very good. Well, these are just some of the unreasonable requests that uh, Ryan hears frequently, or you might hear in the financial world. So hopefully we set some expectations, but if you have any questions about this or you think, Hey, maybe uh, I want to, I want to learn a little bit more about these, uh, these fees or about paying taxes on my IRA, 401ks, whatever we discuss and you want to learn more, best way to uh, talk with Ryan is to go to blackoakam.com. There you can go ahead and schedule your retirement coach 360 session and, uh, and make it a point to sit down and start going through some of these things. And if you haven't started building out your plan, now is a great time to do so. It's getting to know you time. All right, I want to close out the show. We like to do a little getting to know Ryan away from from the office. And you know, talking about jobs, because jobs have kind of been in the, the news quite a bit too when you talk about the economy and some of the headlines. But we're not going to dive into that portion of it. It got me thinking about first job. What was the first job you had? Because I'm, I'm picturing you getting, getting started at a pretty young age. <laughs> Shockingly, uh, I did not. Okay. Um, <laughs> Learned something new. Only because just year round I was doing some kind of sports and I just didn't didn't have time um so I guess I guess the one job and I don't even know if you can I guess I did get paid so actually as I'm talking through this I had so 
I in my mind it was getting drafted and playing professional baseball. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because it's you know twenty three years removed. So I don't mind talking about it now. It's not that big a deal to me anymore. But um, so I mean that was kind of my first official W two paycheck. You know, I'm I'm earning a whopping. I think it was $1,050 a month in rookie ball in St. Petersburg, hmm. Florida. So like next to nothing. But when you're 18 and have no bills, it's still decent money when you're when you're at that age. So my first official real job, but going back thinking about it, in high school, I did umpire some. Um, okay. But honestly, I think the park I was at, they just like paid us cash. I, I, I can't even remember. <laughs> but so I guess that oh, technically was my first uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right? <laughs> uh, my first job was was an umpire in high school. And honestly, I don't even remember how I did it because I was playing baseball. Yeah. So maybe it was during the summer. I don't even know. But I do remember it was like the little T ball kids. So hmm. you know parents are wearing me out, you know, because you know they don't want their kid to get out and have their feelings hurt. So I remember <laughs> parents like yelling at me and I'm like literally sixteen years old. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> umpiring so it was both jobs were baseball related but i guess the first official one was was playing in the minor leagues for the for tampa bay that's pretty cool not not a whole lot of people can say that was their first job uh, so that's pretty awesome but uh, then after that though my off-season jobs were were, were pretty interesting because um, yeah. again you don't make anything and so you, when you get home after baseball you're like oh gosh i gotta like go do something. I got to go work or something. So yeah, I did the lessons thing. You know, a lot of baseball players do that. I did lessons. I worked at the sports shoe, um, which is completely (laughs) out of business now. So I sold shoes. I worked at uh, sports Academy, which I don't even know if that's in business. I think Academy's like bought them out. Yeah. I was a waiter at PF Chang's. I don't know if you guys have a PF Chang's where you guys are at. So yeah, (laughs) that was actually my best paying off season job was waiting tables. That's Uh, funny. And then I went back to spring training and made nothing. <laughs> <laughs> made more at PF Chains than you did playing did. baseball professionally. Hundred percent, I did make more money. <laughs> that is that is the life of a minor leaguer, right there. There's no question. That's right. Uh, it's not all glitz and glamour. That's for sure. No zero. Well, very cool, Ryan. We'll close it out on that note and uh, encourage anyone who is listening to first uh, go to blackoakam.com. You're going to find all the podcasts there. You're going to find a lot of tools that that Ryan offers. And also you can schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session online there as well. But also encourage you to hit subscribe on the podcast. If you have made it this far, we, we'd appreciate it if you come back for the next episode. We have a couple every single month and we cover a lot of topics. So we appreciate all the support for the show we've gotten. And if you haven't subscribed, please uh, do so for ourselves to continue to grow. Ryan, thanks for the time as always, man. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely, man. Enjoyed it. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.